Noche Galactica, episode 45, Tupac Amaro Shakur. In this episode, we talk to Tupac about energy, duality, the layers of oppression when growing up in the hood, and the responsibility as a young man to break the generational curse. Tupac, it's great to have you here in Noche Galactica. And we're going to start with a heavy question first. Talk to me about this energy. You know, I have a whole energy that represents not just black youth, but white youth, Mexican youth, youth. You know what I'm saying? That that um, that um change right before you go from being 18 and unresponsible to when you go to being like 21, 22, and the whole world's on your shoulders. No, I feel that, and I appreciate that, you know? Uh, for myself, I came here when I was 10, and you were like one of the first rappers that I listened to when I came to America, and it really connected with me. Not just the, the lyrics, I didn't know what you were saying, but I connected with the passion and the rawness and this energy that it just, it just transmits. Like, I, I ride with you, I'm with you, um, but why do you think a lot of people till this day buy with you so much? Um, I, I believe strongly that um, my audience empathize with me because I show that side, I show that emotion, raw, uncut, good and bad. And so I think I can bring that um, more funnel, more um, directed into screenplays, more albums, producing, managing, you know what I'm saying? If I can um, figure out just how to control it, I can, uh, I can use it on a lot of different levels. Let's talk about that. In an era where everybody and their mama talks about energy, how do you control that energy and does it does it make you feel scared at times? What is the, the navigation protocol here? I trip off because it happens out of nothing. It just goes, you know, everybody just be screaming and acting. I just trip. I, I get uncomfortable. And I, it's like it's like um, similar to a deer being caught in the, in the headlights. I just freeze, you know, and I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should um, be what they want me to be or if I should make them hate me so they can stop. You know, like say something mean so they can just stop. But I, I'm often, I'm just like caught in the middle of it because it's, it's, you can't, it's, I mean, no one can do that. Police can't do that. They can't stand in front of all those people and control them with a gun and mace and all that. So me with just words, it's like a, um, a battle to find the right words to say at the right time. No, I appreciate that. Um, now, transitioning to the next question, um, a lot of people, and even in your lyrics, you tend to be very versatile. Um, there's there's a sentiment side, but there's also a hard side. And it sounds like you you have this this balance of yin and yang. Can you talk about that? Um, to me, it's like um, it is my sensitive side that um, that likes to blow up the hard side because if my if I can, if my image or my reputation to stop a confrontation before it happens, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know what I'm saying? I know how it is day to day. It's a constant um, man ego check going on in this street, in this world. So part of that is just like, you know, that's my that's my, my resume. But as far as the media, they look at it something different. They don't care about my resume. They don't care about me not getting in trouble. It's just another story, you know, and it's, it's a real story. They don't have to pay for it and they're gonna milk it for all it's worth. As far as people, they want me when they first see me, to humble myself. They want me to be like this and da just because they're scared of me. But I don't feel like that's my job, to humble myself, to show you that I'm not a threat. I'm not a threat, unless you're a threat to me. You know what I'm saying? So when people say, when you meet Pac, he's different than he is, because when somebody one-on-one, -on -one, anybody one-on-one, -on -one, I believe, honestly, that I can talk. I believe that I have the ability to reason, I have logic, I have compassion, I have understanding. If we talk, there's no problems. You know what I'm saying? But that's not what happens. People use what they heard in the media, and that's how they come at me. And then, you know, we got to clash. No, I feel that. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm sure you are upset about how 
the legal system and, you know, to a certain degree, society treated you. But it seems like all this, you know, cycles continue to happen um, for a lot of people, you know, black men, brown men. Um, and it feels like it's rooted somewhere. Um, where do you think that is? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely angry, confused. You know, um, a lot of the times that I sat up in court, I couldn't defend myself, you know what I'm saying? And it, was, it wasn't like the things they were saying about me were beyond my comprehension or um, the things that I could say weren't going to help my case. But because, I mean, I was, it's like being exiled, you know, from, from society. And that's how I feel. And this whole um, the anger comes from I'm tired of waiting for my past to get into society. All I ever wanted to do was make um, me and everybody around me feel more comfortable about where we were. You know what I'm saying? About the places that we stay. Where we, this is our home base. Let's build it up. Let's be happy about where we come from. You know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to assimilate and um, get a pass key to where they at. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that everything needs to be separate, but we got to find pride in ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and once you get the pride, like, damn near two seconds after the pride comes anger from being held like that for so long and to be made to go through those changes, you get mad, you know what I'm saying? As soon as, I believe as soon as any black man receives his first three checks, he starts getting mad. Cause it's not about the necessity of having to have a job and having to pay and having to do that. You don't care no more about the smiles and the, you know, yes, master, because you done got paid, you know what I'm saying? And now it's like, you want to save money. You want to help other people. And you see how, how far it is, how far you have to go to help anybody Man. in your neighborhood. Facts. It's set up for me Facts. when I get paid, for me to exit the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? The only reason I've had these problems is because I haven't left yet. And these problems don't come from a white man. It comes from just society, the problems that we have. Man, you are spicy for Brano, like we like to call it here. Noche Galactica, dropping facts. I appreciate your wisdom. Now, let me ask you about thug life, right? Uh, every, time, every time we hear thug life, people associate that with, with like a narrative that is very negative. Um, and I'm talking about people from, you know, suburbia, white folks. Now, can you break that down, how that creates unity and, and, and connection with people who live in those neighborhoods? So the thug side is more closer to the poverty than me being rich. You know, how can I come to any community center, you know what I'm saying, sporting a, a Rolex, presidential, all these diamonds, and be like, look, we, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> gotta, gotta. I feel it. But now, when I say we, they know what I mean. I'm not saying like I live in this neighborhood and I'm, but I'm a thug and they thugs. They can relate to I don't even have to say that. You know what I'm saying? When I come, I don't have to say I'm real. They already know that. You know what I'm saying? From from me, from me being me. From not pushing the thugness, but I know from the business that everybody in this business is always whispering in your ear about what you can't say, what you can't do, what you can't wear in this world and in this world. It's two worlds, a white world and a black world. All I did was stand in the middle. You know what I'm saying? And say I'm, I'm living in these, but I'm living in both worlds. I, I can go to the streets and survive, and I can go out here and do my business out here. You know, I, I've been saying this for the longest that people who are raised in the hood, who are raised in the ghetto, have this leg up on top of other people because you are able to navigate different spaces. This duality, this sense of code switching with intention, because I feel like either of those two things can become a weapon uh, and you can use it for very bad you know intentions but uh if you put it in the right hands and i feel like you you kind of are the the person that i always go to when i think about this because there is this big notion of like people in in, in record labels are gonna pimp the artist right the pimping piece of like once you become an artist you technically become like a puppet of whatever record label wants you to do um and you 
I feel like simulated to that with the intention of telling your story, storytelling, and really educate folks around this this lens of oppression that not a lot of people are are, are seeing. And 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 your lyrics speak about that. Your actions speak about that. Um, but can you dive in into this term pimping? You know, it's like it's not that you get pimped. It's how long you get pimped. You know what I'm saying? Because. If you really look at this situation, it is not I who's being pimped. When you look at them white kids with Raiders hats on, it's the white folks getting pimped. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm making their future. I'm writing down their curriculum. Right now, what I write in my album today, when it comes out in two months, that's what white kids is doing. So who really is getting pimped? I'll be, I'll be, I'll, what I'm writing in my raps is what them white kids is going to be saying to their mamas and daddies when they come home. Who is getting pimped? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a high school dropout. You know what I'm saying? As far as my teacher told me when I was in high school, it's going down. You know what I'm saying? It's going down. <laughs> you know, everybody's getting pimped. Whether you work a nine to five or whether you work for yourself, you're getting pimped by somebody. That's not the, that's not the crime. The crime is how long you allow yourself to get pimped. You have to come up. Everything is a come up. Everything is a struggle. You start from the bottom, work it to the top. All right, with that, now let's talk about the revolution, right? We live in 2021, where police still killing black and brown folks at a very high rate. And people are starting to ask themselves, should I arm myself, should I arm my family? Because I live in a country that doesn't protect me, doesn't protect the youth. Um, can you talk about and, and what are the tools that, that we should use and what are the tools that you use to navigate this? It's just about surviving, you know, and we have to be honest about the tools that we use to survive. And why is a black life um, any, any more recoupable than a white life. You know what I'm saying? We know that they don't put the same security in the ghetto that they do in the whites in the, in, in the white neighborhoods. So therefore, for me to be out here saying don't, you know, put your guns down and no violence, that's hypocritical. And if I didn't talk about the violence, everybody would act like the violence wasn't there. We as rappers bought that violence. We, we bought the, the violence that we seen on the street. We put in our records, put in our records for years. And after three, four years, people finally starting to see it because of all the statistics that's going on in the streets. If we stopped talking about it, then they wouldn't take statistics. And when they stopped taking statistics, then we'd be killing each other in the street and these white people wouldn't care no more. Only people, they, only reason they care is because, you know, there's been some strays and we just slipped over in the white neighborhoods and there's kids in Iowa that want to be like us. You know what I'm saying? There's kids in, in Indiana that's trying to be like us because they can relate too. You know what I'm saying? In, in two years, I've had a gun pulled on me by my limo driver, by police, by everybody. You know what I'm saying? And I better be. I better be. You know what I'm saying? I've been attacked. You ain't read the papers about these skinheads trying to blow up black churches. Why? They see me as the enemy just like y'all do. You know what I'm saying? They can come to my house and sit outside my house just like anybody else can. A skinhead. And once my life is gone, it's gone. Can't nobody give it back to me. Not the judge, not the president, not the governor, not Calvin Butts, not Jesse Jackson. They can't do nothing but come to my funeral and talk pretty about how black people suffer. You understand? Man. Now, there's always this, again, this narrative of when someone speaks passionately about something they stand for, right? People get scared or people, you know, assume the words of that person. And it's, it's, so, it's so bad at so many different levels. But when you speak so passionately, what are some things that you wish people would take? Nothing I ever say is meant to be um, something where innocent people get hurt. Nothing I ever say is meant to be like a end all, let's go do it right now. Nothing. Everything I ever say 
And if, if, if any, this is so we can set it clear, anything I ever say as it pertains to, um, to, to my peers and, and, and um, being strapped is only in self-defense. You know what I'm saying? Because my, right now where I'm at, the world is harsh. And I just don't got no beautiful stories. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna just be getting them ready. Cause that's why I think I messed up. If somebody would have grabbed me, pulled me to the side and been like, look, Tupac, as soon as you step out here, they're gonna be at you. If somebody would have explained it to me, I wouldn't have took the same mistakes, but I made those mistakes. And that was my job to stop somebody else from making those same mistakes, to lay it out, to lay out the real map on the world and how it is. Man, that hits home. And I think a lot of times for young men of color, this is a topic that is, it's kind of dismissed, you know, by, by society a lot. Um, when you grow up fatherless or, or not having a, a strong role model at your home, you become that role model. You become that person that needs to make it happen for yourself and everybody else watching behind you. And that's a big task to have. Now, and it comes with a lot of trauma and it comes with a lot of what am I doing and seeking role models that are not the best at times. You know, they are the best during that period of your life but as you grow older you reflect on those things and you could have done better can you speak about those pieces what would a vietnam vet be like without a sergeant without any backup without any other soldiers nobody but a vietnam vet in vietnam when he came home how would he be and that's me i had to go through all that street war everything the same drugs that everybody else get turned out on you know where i would have been stopped shorted i made it past and here's where I am. But because I made it past, I missed some lessons. You know what I'm saying? And you can see the lessons that I miss when you talk to me. You can see where, where I haven't had a father when you talk to me. You know what I'm saying? You can see where I spent a lot of my time in the streets when you talk to me. Because the words that I say are not words that come from a mother's mouth or a father's mouth. It's words that come from a pimp's mouth or a prostitute or a hustler or a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? But to me, these were my role models. Man, I feel that. And I can relate. Um, back in, in, in 05, 04, you know, I dropped out of high school. And um, I work at a local shoe shop. And, and I got to interact with different people, you know. Uh, Brothers from the Nation of Islam, they dropped so much game on me about life. Also, um, you know, service workers at night, prostitutes, they would come around and also talk to me about like how you nav how was how were they navigating their life at that period and they would always drop lessons. You know, I was 16 or so, but those were the peoples that that I needed, that I needed at the time because I was fatherless, because you know, my mom was was depressed and, and myself, I was just trying to be a better young man. Uh, I was not the best, but I feel like thank you to all those people because they serve a purpose in my journey. And a lot of times we tend to forget those people. And, and, and you know, we, we get so high up in, in society uh, and we tend to say, oh, damn, I was I was bad. No, it was just what you needed at that time to become a better person. So. Thank you for touching on that, man. Let's let's go ahead and dive in into the topic of growing up fatherless, right? Um, you and I can relate. Um, there is a void. There is a sense of like, what does a an, an older man supposed to act like, look like? And to a certain degree, I also feel that not having that the father in your life it affects the way you see relationships, right? romantic relationships just in general like what does it mean to to love somebody and and what is that where does that come from so do you think you missed out on that everything i um i know for a fact that had i had a father had i had someone 
and I hate saying this because white people love hearing black people talk about this, but had I had a father, had I had some of these opportunities, I'd have been able to help my mother more. She wouldn't have went the road she went. I could have been a better son. You know what I'm saying? She wouldn't have went that road. It was the absence of my father. You know what I'm saying? I'm dealing with him being daddy not being there. My mother's dealing with him being my man not being there. You know, so many problems in our community that, that um, affect everything. So by me not having that, I ain't never want to hear nothing about no kind of relationships between a black man and a black woman. I knew they didn't work. Because as far as I knew, my daddy was the coolest dude out there. And my mama was a panther. So if they didn't work, it don't work. That's how I felt. You know what I'm saying? And going out there, you know what I'm saying? It's like watching my mother just go through changes and everything. It's like my mother's my partner. She's a soldier. You know, she's a soldier like I'm a soldier. You know, and I, I watched the peak the, the game that she went through. If I, I would have went the same way my mother went had not she did her route and showed me which, where it went wrong with her. My mother always told me, don't you ever, ever just um, volunteer yourself to our people because they'll use you. That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? She never. She also told me to uh, follow my heart and for me to be the leader. Man, shout out to all the mamas out there who are raising young men by themselves and, and making it happen. Being the dad there too, it's tough. I appreciate my mama. Shout out to her. Um, and then transitioning now to, to like, you know, money, right? People think uh, once you have money, you have it all. Um, and obviously, to a certain degree, um, education is tied into that. If you have money, then you will have more access to, to higher education. Um, I dropped out of high school um, and I wasn't able to complete like, you know, uh, the standard four year degree and all these pieces. But it wasn't because I didn't want to. It was because I was caught up in, in something that majority of the people don't really navigate. And, and I get tired of answering this question because you won't not understand my struggle. You will not understand what I went through. So don't judge me by a piece of paper. Can, can you talk about that? That's all I ever wanted to do, ask my mama. I wanted to go to college. I went to school all the way and was ready to go to college. The only thing that stopped me was money. The time we, all, of my, all the kids in my school was writing applications to go to college, I didn't have no lights and no electricity. And that ain't my mama's fault. You know what I'm saying? So when I think back to that, I'm not thugging for me. I'm thugging for my family. I pay all the bills. You know what I'm saying? I, I feed my whole family, wrong or right. I do, and I can't stop. You know what I'm saying? And if thugging is gonna make me a million bucks, because it just got me platinum, then that's what I got to do constantly. And if it makes me feel, because right now, I feel satisfied. I don't feel like I've ever embarrassed myself or my people, you know, and nothing I've done. And yet, no, I got the whole world fearing. You know what I'm saying? At 23. Weighing 160 pounds, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't even started. I haven't even rolled my plan out yet, and they scared. I got the vice president know who I am, the president, every cop in every city, you know what I'm saying? And I haven't even started working out a plan. Man, that's powerful. 23, and you already have all this energy behind you, you know? That's dope. Now, transitioning right to, to like the struggle and, and growing up, you know, in the mud and coming out of it, um, a lot of people, again, it's, it's, it's a great story. You can hear it and, and people can, can empathize to a certain degree about it. But uh, telling the story and living it are two different things. People don't understand that when you are in that environment, you got to finesse the system. You got to finesse like different, you know, perspectives and and 
for you to be alive, for you to continue to just have a chance in life. And that's taken for granted for a lot of other folks who who are born in that society level that they don't need to navigate anything that is extra to them. You know, they live the the beautiful suburbial life or somewhat um, close to that. Now, I feel that in a lot of communities that there's a war zone at the age of probably like six or seven, you're already thinking about how am I going to make money to help my family survive? You know, we killing each other because we killing ourselves. We're not when a man, when another man, I know I've been in a position. It don't it's, not, it's out of our control. It's not like he wants to kill. He just doesn't want to die. You know what I'm saying? It's that it's that situation when you got we, we are living in a war zone. It's not as easy as these people are making us think that we just got some criminal-ass black kids with guns. It is not like that. We live in hell. We live in the gutter. We got us stacked up 80 deep in one building. You know, by the time you get out your house, you strapped to protect yourself because you're living in the same community that the police is carrying rifles and riot gear. Same, they need them riot, riot excuse my language. It's good, so it's good. The same reasons they need the riot hat, the riot jacket, the flak jacket, the double vest, the 9mm Glocks with extra bullets, the tear gas, the mace, all that. Who do you think the police is using that against? Dogs? So we fighting the same villains that they fight in the street. But instead of them seeing us fighting villains in the street, we all villains. Man, I think the microphone is on fire. You know, it's burning with all this, you know, wise words that you are dropping with us here at Noche Galactica. Now... Something that that resonates with you back in the 90s or resonated with you back in the 90s and now in 2021, what, where do you see this this movement around, you know, uprising of of the oppressed, you know, and, and where can we go from here? At this level, all we're trying to do is unite. And right now, as a year, we got a million people that's listening. Now we can tell them something. Now we can try to get them that way. And we might lose some. We might gain some. But we would never even have that audience had we not said what was real. You know what I'm saying? And the main thing for us to remember is that the same crime element that white people are scared of, black people are scared of. The same crime element that white people fear, we fear. So we defend ourselves from the same crime element that they scared of. You know what I'm saying? While they waiting for, to, for legislation to pass and everything, we next door to the killer. We next door to them, you know, because we up in the projects where it's 80 in the building. All them killers that they letting out, they right there in that building. But it's better just because we black, we get along with the killers or something. We get along with the rapists because we black and we from the same hood. What is that? We need protection, too. Man, I just want to touch on something that you say earlier. And you said... You know, we might win some, we might lose some. And my stance on, on being part of this revolution is that I'm not going to win, right? My homie across the street is not going to win. The cause is going to win. The message is going to win. So we are technically passing this torch with intention to make sure that people continue to fight for those people who are oppressed. And a lot of times we get caught up on this ego booster that we just want ourselves. We just want our community to win. This is not about that. We got to be holding strong mentality and having hard conversations about life. Because we live in an era where we can go with the opinions of others and, and not really hold strong to our beliefs. So, But I'm conscious that not everybody's at that level and that's okay. Now... Pac, it was great having you here. What are the last couple, you know, words that you want to drop on this on this podcast for people? I'm not. I can't go until y'all really know what time it is. And then after that, boom, it's all over, and we can see, you know, how it fall. But that's how it is. And the reason being is because if I can't live free, if I can't live with the same respect as the next man, I don't want to be here because God has cursed me to see what life should be like. 
If God wanted me to be this person and be happy here, he wouldn't let me feel so oppressed. He wouldn't let me feel so trampled on. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't let me think the things I think. So I feel like I'm doing God's work. You know what I'm saying? Just because I don't have nothing to pass around for people to put money in the bucket don't mean I ain't doing God's work. I feel like I'm doing God's work. You know what I'm saying? Because these ghetto kids ain't God's children. And I don't see no missionaries coming through there. I'm up in the hood, you know what I'm saying, doing my work with my fucks. And thank you for that. I think a lot of people to this day still continue to follow those, you know, those words and, and, and that wisdom. And I appreciate you. This was Noche Galactica, episode 45. I'm Poeta Galactico. Continue to elevate in community.